Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997, and we are pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the Life Study of Colossians on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's Life Study. Colossians is a book that unveils Christ. It's full of rich expressions that not only show us Christ, but that draw us to him. In the very first chapter, we're told that God has qualified us for a share of the portion of the saints in the light. Well, we may have read this many times, but have you ever considered what it is to partake of Christ in the light? We will do just that today, and we have Carrie Robichaud joining us for the first time on Life Study of the Bible. We've been hoping for several years for this opportunity, Carrie, and uh, we're really grateful that you could join us today to fellowship about such a marvelous portion. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. It's a great honor to be here with you on the program. Carrie, you might be new to this uh, broadcast, and I think your voice is new to our listeners, but you're certainly not new to this ministry. Maybe before we begin today, you could take just a brief minute and tell our listeners a little bit about your history at Living Stream. Well, Chris, I began serving the Lord at Living Stream Ministry in 1985. And uh, I was asked at that time to take care of Bible translation work for Living Stream Ministry. I think most of your listeners know that we have a translation of the Bible called the Recovery Version of the Bible. Since 1985, I've been involved in that translation work, both on the New Testament from the Greek text and on the Old Testament from the Hebrew text, and uh, have helped out in the translation of the recovery version in a number of other languages, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, and I'm still continuing to do this in a number of other languages. Okay, we have a message before us today, Carrie, that's titled Partaking of Christ in the Light, and it focuses on two verses that we've already looked at in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, let me read these again to refresh our listeners, and that's verse 12 and 13 giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you for a share of the allotted portion of the saints in the light, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Carrie, if our portion in the Christian life is to partake of Christ in the light, we surely need to know just what this light is. Why don't we join Witness Lee? Paul says, God the Father has qualified us for a share of, of the portion of the saint in the light. What does it mean to partake Christ in the light? How could you define light? What is light? Well, God is light. The word of God is light. Christ is light. The life of Christ is light. Then the believers, all are lights. And then... The church is also a kind of light because the church is called the lampstand, shining with the light. That is Christ. All the six items are just of one source. 
And this source is just God Himself. The Word is light because the Word contains God. If the Word of the Bible doesn't contain God, even the black white Word of the Bible is also darkness. The Bible shines. The Bible enlightens. The Bible is the light because God is in the Bible. Because the content of the Bible is the very God. The source of the Bible is God. And God is light. So whatever the Bible speaks, it is also the light shining. Then we know Christ and God, they are one. God is light, and Christ is the light of the world. Then his life is light. And then his believers, we are the light. Why? Because we have him in us. Actually, we are lambs. You know, the lambs, they themselves don't have light. The light is in the oil burning. The light is the burning oil in the lamp. So we are lambs with something burning within. And this something that's burning within is the Spirit, is Christ. So the source of our light is still Christ. And the church, the same thing, even the church is not the lamp, but the lamp stands. The lamp stand, stand, supporting, holding the lamp that is burning. Actually, in the whole universe, there's only one light, and that is God himself. Oh, the triune God is the light. Carry light seems like an abstract concept, but the Bible speaks a lot about it. But ultimately, as he pointed out here at the end, we're brought to the basic realization that only God himself is light. Witness Lee pointed out several items that are referred to as light in the Bible, like God, Christ, the life of Christ, and of course the Word of God. There were two others that he mentioned at the end here, and that is the believers in the church. Touch on the first four of these briefly, because I'd like to come back to the last two separately. Well, Chris, the important point to realize is that in the Bible, according to 1 John 1.5, God is light. And we have to come to God with this realization, and we really need to endeavor to experience God as light. The real helpers to this is that, firstly, although God is light and he dwells in inapproachable light, the expression of God as light is Christ. And this is why in the Bible, in John chapter 9, verse 5, it says that Christ is the light of the world. Actually, before the Lord Jesus was on the earth, there was no real light on the earth. But when the Lord Jesus came, there was light. These are very divine. These are very almost uh, too abstract for us. So according to the Bible, there are these two practical helpers to us for light. And the first of these is that the Bible itself, as the Word of God, is light. Uh, it says in Psalm 119.105 that the Word of God is a lamp to us. And in Psalm 119.130, 
that the entrance, the entering into God's Word, gives us light. So we really need to come to the Bible to experience the light that God is. And then finally, Christ as life, or the life of Christ, is light. And I appreciate this verse so much in John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life, and that life, Chris, was the light of men. That's a wonderful verse. Carrie, let's come to these last two now. As I said, I wanted to touch them uh, independently of the others, not that they are independent, but they do raise an interesting question. If God himself only or uniquely is light, how is it then that the church and even the believers can be considered as light? This is phenomenal, Chris, that in the Bible it says that God is light, and yet in the Bible it says that the believers are light. The Lord Jesus says, you are the light of the world in Matthew 5.14. Elsewhere, he says, I am the light of the world. But then he calls the believers the light of the world. And in Philippians 2.15, Paul says that the believers shine as lights in the world. The way this can be is not that the believers themselves are light, but rather that the believers are, according to the Greek, light bearers, luminaries. God himself is the unique light in the universe, and God in Christ is the light in the universe. And we as believers, we are Christ bearers. We have Christ within us, and because we have Christ within us, we are the lamps. We're the light bearers to all the people around us. And I just love this, that when we're in proper function and in proper status as believers, we cannot be hidden We are like a city on a mountaintop. Is that actually a separate Greek word, Carrie, from uh, when it says God is light, when it refers to the believers, this matter of being luminaries? Yes, it is a separate Greek word, but the word for light related to God is a simple word for light. The word for luminaries is light bearers. So it really shows God is God, but we have God within us and we bear him as light. So a a physical example of a luminary, of course, is the moon. Exactly right. It generates no light of it its own. Right. But it reflects that, that it beholds. Exactly. And in function, it is the light at night. Hmm. Okay, Carrie, in the portion just ahead, uh, we're going to see that every born-again believer was introduced into this realm of light at the point of their salvation. But staying in this realm, for most of us, it's fair to say, has proven to be a bit more challenging. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Before we were saved, we were in darkness. The whole situation of our human being, human living, human life, our future, and so forth, the whole situation was in darkness. But when the gospel came, it came with some light. And then, when we repented to God, we opened up ourselves to God. During that time, something shining within us. Something shining within us there at our repentance. Then when we believe in the Lord Jesus, something shining stronger. In the first few days of our salvation, we all can testify the light was there. In that night, Christ became your portion. Then most of us were so uh, unfortunate. After we got saved, some diligent Christians came to us to help us 
not to help us in, but to help us out. At our conversion, we got into the age through these diligent Christian workers, they just help us out of it. Why? Because they distracted us from the inner shining. By what? Which what? By the Bible teaching. Which their doctrines. And then we were by that time ignorant. We didn't know the things. We thought, my, surely it was good to know the Bible, uh, to learn the doctrines. So instead of remaining in the presence of the Lord, instead of treasuring the inner shining, we got distracted to something good, but not Christ. To something good, but not God himself. When we got distracted from the light, we just lost the enjoyment of our portion. That is Christ. But you just go back to recall at the time when you were saved. I tell you, most good conversions all profusing that at the time of our conversion, inside of us, we did have the feeling Christ is so sweet. Oh, Christ is sweet. This Christ is uh, enjoyable. No word, but you just have the sensation. Okay, then these diligent ones came. They talked to us this and that. Oh, we got distracted. We got misled. Then the inner sensation was gone. And we got into a kind of a religious duty. We lost the taste of Christ. When we got into the religious duty, we went back to darkness again. The shining within stopped. Carrie, this is a point that I think touches all of us in an experiential way. I was considering as he was speaking, I think the most vivid recollection I have of my salvation experience was that of this sense of light that he talked about. Mm -hmm. I like the way he developed the sequence from our initial opening or repentance to actually believing and receiving the Lord Jesus. There's a real intensifying of this light within. But I also think we can uh, relate to the experience that he described next, and that is that either by someone from without distracting us from this light or by some a uh, religious concept that maybe we imposed upon ourselves after we're saved. We all got helped out of this light, didn't we? Right. It sure is, Chris, and it seems like this is a daily endeavor that we have to be involved with. We are constantly moving out of the light, and we need to be constantly moving back into the light. What I appreciate so much about Brotherly sharing here is, uh, of course, he's trying to open up this portion of the word concerning the share of the portion of the saints in the light. And the way he does it is by reminding us what happened when we were new believers. We all, if we're genuinely saved, have had the experience of being enlightened, like being in a bright room, yeah, just like this studio, right? We're just in the light. But very soon afterwards, some helpers came along, not in a malicious way, but perhaps with the wrong concept. We were led either by ourselves or by others to endeavor for the wrong things. 
not to endeavor for the experience of light and partaking of our wonderful Christ in the light, but all these other things, perhaps Bible knowledge, perhaps ethical knowledge, perhaps moral knowledge. And very soon we lost this honeymoon of light. For most of us, we thought this was normal. But actually, Chris, what we need to realize is that every day we should be enjoying this light. And this is what Paul is saying, that the way to partake of our portion with the saints is to be in the light. We shouldn't let anyone convince us that mere knowledge about the Bible or biblical truth is adequate. We have to be in the light. We have to pursue this to enjoy our wonderful Christ. He comes back to this point, I think, and underscores it, Carrie, in the section that's just ahead, our final one today. Let me just briefly set it up this way. He doesn't use this language, but I think uh, we could all relate to this. It's impossible to fake or pretend being in the light. We may pretend to be a lot of things in the Christian life, but this is not one that we can do in a false way. Right. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The Bible says God is light. If we do fellowship with him. We must walk in the light. Brothers, you could pretend anything. You could assume many things. This matter, to be in the light, to enjoy the Lord, you could never be pretending. This should be too real, too practical. You can fall along with your wife, with a brother, but you cannot fall along with the Lord. He is real, he is genuine, and he is honest, and he is practical. You read the whole Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is this kind of call, come, come, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. During the time of Isaiah, the children of Israel were there in their religion, but the last, the light of the Lord. Why? Because their heart turned away from the Lord. They had their temple, they had their priesthood, they had all kinds of sacrifices offered to the Lord, yet their heart was turned away from God, so there was no light. They didn't walk in the light. So Isaiah sounded a call. Oh, the house of Jacob. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And this means what? This means let's all repent to our God. Let's all make a thorough confession that we may get into the presence of the Lord. Psalm 36 says, in thy light we shall see light. And this means what? This means this kind of person surely has returned to the Lord. Now he is in the presence of the Lord, then in the light of the Lord. He sees light. And he is in the light right away in this light. The portion of the saints is their share. They just enjoy the portion of the saint in the light. So we have to come to the Lord quite often. 
So we have to read his word, not by veiled face and heart, but by an unveiled, an open face and heart to come to read the Bible. So we have to have fellowship with the Lord. We have to follow the inner anointing, then light is there. And then it's so good for us, the believers, the brothers in Christ, to fellowship one with another. Not to argue, but to fellowship in a genuine way. In our fellowship, light is there shining. I tell you, it is in this kind of light that Christ is what? The person of the saints. Well, Carrie, we end with where we began, and that is partaking of Christ. If we desire to partake of him in reality, I think we're clear. We must be in this light that we've been talking about. In fact, these two places he pointed out, Isaiah 2 and Psalm 36, call God's people into the light. It almost seems, Carrie, that the partaking here of Christ as our portion is the result or is simultaneous with being in this light. Are these two things equivalent or somehow closely related? Yeah, I think it is, Chris. According to the Scriptures, according to what Paul writes, he says we've been qualified for a share of the portion of the saints in the light. And uh, the share there means that we are qualified to partake of something. Of course, what do we partake of? We partake of Christ as grace. We partake of Christ as our enjoyment. But Paul also makes it clear that the only place this can happen is in the light. So for all practical purposes, to partake of Christ, you have to be in the light. And to be in the light means you can partake of Christ. And I appreciate it so much what Brother Lee says here. We may have been helped in the wrong way in the past and have been helped out of the light, but he gave us some real practical help on how to be brought into the light. And the way is we have to contact the Lord. To contact the Lord, Chris, simply means to pray, to pray genuinely, to pray openly, to open our being, to confess our sins, to turn our heart to the Lord, to let the veils be taken away. And we need to touch him in his word. We need to read the Bible, not simply to know things, but to appreciate the Christ who is there. When we get into the Bible in this way and when we fellowship with the Lord with this way, what happens is we experience Christ as life, and this life is the light of men. And he also goes on to say, and I think this is important, that we have to be in fellowship with other believers We need to really exercise when we're with other believers to have a kind of quality time, not just to be social, not just to be friendly, but to be in the rich fellowship of the divine life with another believer or other believers. That's why we need the gatherings of the church. When we're in that environment, then we really are in the light. And Chris, according to the Holy Spirit writing through Paul, this is our portion And we have been qualified for this by the Lord. I would uh, like to be qualified for nothing else, Kerry. I agree, Chris. Well, that uh, concludes our life study for today. We had a marvelous time enjoying this portion of partaking of Christ in the light, and we trust that you have as well. 
uh, if this message is, uh, or our fellowship, either one, has really touched something in you, we think that uh, you would do well to get a hold of the printed Life Study message. The development that Witness Lee gives these points in the printed version is really tremendous. These are not small things, so we commend this to you very highly. Uh, you can find out about it and all of the things that we prepare here at Living Stream by calling us toll-free. It's one eight 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 life study that's eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight you can write to us living stream ministry post office box 2121 anaheim california 92814 or send an email to us radio at lsm.org and please join us again tomorrow we continue on the life study of colossians for carrie roba show today i'm chris wilde thank you very much for listening In Colossians, Paul uses a number of special terms for Christ. The portion of the saints, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Colossians reveals that Christ is profound and all-inclusive. The all-inclusive Christ transcends our understanding. Our need is to be infused, saturated, and permeated with Him until, in our experience, Christ is everything to us. Our food, our drink, our feasts, our holy days, our Sabbath, our new moon, our everything. We must not allow anything to replace Christ or to be a substitute for Him. The printed Life Study of Colossians is available in a three-volume set with a total of 65 messages. To order, call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788.